0: It's the professionals and animal lovers show. We've been gone for a week. We've been busy. We've had a lot of work that we've been working on. And we're going to tell you all about it. But I'm Tommy D, your friend, your boy, your crony, your pal, the nonprofit sector connector. And in my corner, a number one, top of the heap, best advocate born on in the world of animal advocacy, wow. my mentor in all things wow. animal advocacy. <laughs> What's up, Valerie? Rah, rah. Siskoomba. How you doing, kid?
1: I am doing great. I'm super happy about this particular episode, this particular guest. I'm excited. Um, and it's weird because I'm simultaneously not happy because you know, there are certain things that haven't happened yet, but we'll get to that. I'm never happy though. I'm never satisfied. I think it was vanilla sky. I think it was
0: vanilla sky. I think it was vanilla sky where he says you can't have the sweet without the bitter, right? Such is life, you know. yeah you have to have we can't get it all and and i guess uh we're trying to have it all we are trying to have it all we got john goodwin here with us today who is the senior director of the stop puppy mills campaign at the Humane Society of the United States. John, we got a couple more things I want to say, but I want to welcome you into the conversation. Say hello. I'm going to call you JP because that's what you told me to call you.
2: What's up, JP? Hey, how are you? I've got to get a, a set of those pom poms. <laughs> <laughs> so I can have a little more flair come into these things. We will but, get you some, yeah, we'll get you set wait, up. You, wait
1: till we get to celebrate, you know, <laughs> certain bills passing.
2: That's yeah, for, well, okay. listen.
0: You're yeah, wearing works. your pal's purple. I see you got sure. the pal's purple shirt. You got the memo. You know, Fred Taffer, if you're listening, I'm thinking we got to talk about the pom poms, little pal's pom poms. Maybe it's a parting gift or a thank you gift for our friends showing up on the show. We'll talk about that. That's my buddy Fred Taffer, Combo Visual Creations. Let me tell you about this show, though. We want to amplify the message that we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong the people who care about animals the people who are compassionate which should be everybody but those of us who are focused in on this uh, on this animal advocacy world and it's funny because valerie tells me i'm so great at this stuff and making connections for for the animals and, and for the voiceless and um gotta be honest with you six seven months ago i didn't even know anything about any of this and if it wasn't for valerie saying we should do a show i think that what valerie says is i want to do a show and i said well why don't we just do one and that's kind of what <laughs> is really has has happened here and i wrote down three things because i wanted you all to know about what we do here we learn we educate and we advocate and i keep learning things and i i'll give a shout out to uh, a friend of mine who i was saying uh you know and I, I don't even know i'm just learning again like how you get a bill to become a law and he goes don't you remember that thing from um from Saturday morning, what was I saying? School of rock, not a school of rock. Um, um, House, schoolhouse. schoolhouse rock. Yeah. yeah. Schoolhouse rock. And the guy, so I watched the video earlier, JP and Val and everybody else listening. And the guy's like, I'm just a bill. And he's like sitting on the steps of Capitol Hill. And so I'm learning, you're learning. We're going to learn together. We're going to advocate together, but we really believe that the bond between these folks is, is incredibly strong and they want to support each other, whether it be in advocacy in business or just in life. These are the kind of people that come together to uh, to care about each other, care about these animals. And that's what we're doing here today. So this is an exciting show. I'm going to kick it over to Valerie to just kind of go. Professor Tommy D did a video last week and talked about you know what's going on with the bill and whatnot. Val, why don't you get us up to speed on that whole thing?
1: Uh, well, first of all, I've been saying this to you for the past 24 hours. Uh, probably at nauseum for you but the reality is tommy is that i'm just so thrilled um to have kind of i don't know recruited you or or whatever the right term is because um and it didn't take much but you know you're like a, a sponge and i'm telling you that you're a true linchpin. um i was on the phone with tommy last night briefly we always have these insanely brief conversations but
0: last for an hour
1: he he happened to be at one of his uh kids games. And he ran into somebody, whoever that was. And while I'm on the phone with him, he starts saying, Oh, we did this call night the other night. And we had to call the legislators and do you know about puppy mills? And he starts going right into it. And I'm like, I don't know a proud mama i don't know i kind of said val i gotta go
0: i gotta go i'm like working right now i gotta i'm (laughs) advocating right now i gotta let you go but that was my friend kathy i hate kathy that's the
1: key because there are just so many people out there i know that there is an incredible amount of animal lovers and even if you're not an animal lover you know there's a very good chance that you don't hate animals and the we just have to get more people uh engaged just you know look at what happened with you like you said six seven months ago not paying attention to the stuff wasn't on your radar. Now you're calling legislators. Now you're hosting coast uh, call nights, and this is what we need: to get things done on behalf of the animals. So
0: yeah, I mean, well, it was great. You. It's a it's an it's an awesome cause, and and thanks for saying all that. And for me, it's like, uh, and we talked about this earlier today. I do have a bit of a network. Yeah. Um, <laughs> gosh, gosh darn it, people like me. I feel like remember that guy on on Saturday Night Live. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And gosh darn it. People like me. No, but people do. And I've done a lot for a lot of people. And if this is the cause that we get to leverage some of those relationships, shout out to, you know, some of the people you and I were talking about earlier that are helping us get to uh, to key decision makers in this, in this process. Well then, yeah, of course let's do it. Especially when, um, if you're watching on Facebook, you're going to see some of the, what would I say? Tragic conditions that these animals are going through and living through in these puppy mills, because Valerie was, uh, blessed enough to send me some photographs that we will share with you. Not because, well, yeah, because I want to bring the pain a little bit, you know. But uh,
1: well, we have to invoke the emotion and, uh, and yeah, yeah. you know, these are the realities. But so, okay, so what we're discussing today, um, and we've certainly talked about it before, but because of where we are in the legislative session it, within the assembly, uh, we're going to really hone in and focus on this, and because of our fantastic guest who. No one's more of an expert on this than JP um, today we're talking about the anti puppy mill and kitten mill and rabbit mill proposed legislation, the bill number uh, it's A4283, and it's currently kind of. hanging out in uh, the Rules Committee for the New York State Assembly, it has last I counted, which was earlier today I counted 84 sponsors and co-sponsors uh, and multi sponsors so 84 people uh, assembly members out of the 150 person assembly for new york are in support of this bill and that's an important number because 75 is break even right so once you get 76 or more you're in the majority and uh you know i, I just want to say that um a lot of bills pass with a lot less support than this one. So, uh, you know, without any further ado, JP, let's get into it. Like, yeah. what should we be doing? What should everybody be doing? What are your thoughts here?
2: Well, you know, you're 100% right. This has over half the assembly signed on as co-sponsors. So there's there's two things. Number one, people should reach out to their assembly member and urge them to co-sponsor if they're not already co-sponsoring the bill so we can get it even higher, so that we can get it to a number where it's so clear that this has to be voted on that that it cannot be stopped. Second, if your assembly member says, well, I've already signed on as a co-sponsor, then wh- what you want to say then is thank you so much for co-sponsoring this bill. And would you please consider going to leadership and saying, put this on the floor, So that we can have an up or down vote on this and let the chips fall where they may. And we know that we know where they're going to go. This is going to this is going to pass by landslide if it gets a vote.
1: Right. And that is the will of the people. And um, to take that just a little bit further, because I have found myself recently asking myself, okay, who can I call who may have a relationship with someone in assembly, because, you know, for me, uh, um, as our dear friend, Priscilla, Mizrahi likes to say, and she's an HSUS uh, volunteer, uh, I think the term is district leader, I kind of forgot, but she she always says, you know, animal welfare is not a left or right issue. It is a right or wrong issue. And so with that, it's very, you know, for me, I don't care what party anyone's in. I, I have relationships on both sides of the aisle Um, And so I started thinking of people who I've met over the past few years while advocating people who work for the government, they may not be an elected official, people who are involved with one party or the other, you know, in terms of organizing and logistics and campaign management, and I'm reaching out to everybody who I know to say, so let's say I'm a, I'm a campaign manager, or I'm involved with the process of, like, who who are we going to put up to run in Nassau County for this seat or that seat? These people all know each other. You know what I mean? Like, they, they go to their fundraisers, they're all hobnobbing with each other, and um, I reached out, I will mention this name, I reached out to um, Councilwoman Melissa Miller, because she was a New York State Assemblywoman. She recently stepped down, and is now a council person of the town Hempstead. And I know she's been up there for years. I know that she's a wonderful advocate in general for, for you know, usually um, like guardian healthcare issues, whatever. But I also know she's an animal lover and that she has several rescues. So I reached out to her office and I'm, I'm trying to implore people to leverage the relationships they already have with other assembly members. So I, I just wanna, you know, we all have to get creative and i think we all have to um you know reach to our network so that's uh another angle i guess
2: that's 100% right that sort of force multiplication is what's going to get this thing done and you know i i'm in the washington dc metro area and mm-hmm. sometimes it seems like if a representative of one party said the sun rises in the east then the other party would disagree and say well no it rises in the west But as divided as the country is, this is one issue, puppies and puppy mills, this is the one issue where people from both ends of the political spectrum can find some common ground. And it just seems to me that this is such a no-brainer that this is one that really should get done. The the bill would simply do this: it would stop the sale of puppies and pet stores and kittens and rabbits as well. And that is because high-volume pet retailers. R- rely on high-volume pet breeders. And that's when you get into the cruel puppy mill conditions where the dogs are treated like production units and agriculture commodities instead of uh, as pets.
0: Yeah. Why, JP, why Why do you think, not to go into the polarization of this country and you know how colleagues from other either side of the aisle used to be just that, colleagues, and there's less of that. Why is this Bill, so overarching, and why does it make so much sense for both? I think I know why, but, but from your perspective, like, how does it rise above all the nonsense to be, you know, to be looked at positively from both sides?
2: Well, whether you're a, a, a strong Republican or a devout Democrat, uh, your your family, there's a good chance that your family has a dog who is a cherished family member. You might like your dog better than other members of your family. I don't know, I don't know. But uh, the dog the, the dog loves you unconditionally. And I think that the, the bond that we have with dogs uh, is something that does transcend partisan politics. And, and it warrants giving them the levels of protection that they deserve. Across yeah. the
0: country, sorry about sec. across the country, there's been success in, we, we do have a minute, and we're going to go to break, and we can maybe do a little bit of a start and stop. But there's been um, success with this across the country already, right? Numbers of states have yeah. implemented
2: this. Yeah. New York would be the sixth state, uh, not the first, but the sixth state to pass a law like this. And 422 localities, uh, cities and counties around the country have passed laws similar to what we're trying to get enacted in the New York Legislature right now.
1: Yes, exactly. And, you know, I I, when we come back from break, I do want to also touch on some of the kind of popular rebuttals or or, um, you know, the the bullet points that the lobbyists tend to uh, promote because uh, I think it's a shame how that whole situation happens, because you never really get the opportunity to hear the rebuttals, right? You never hear a toe-to-toe conversation with a lobbyist, because it's all behind the scenes and it's all private. And um, But I would love to, we did this once in the past, I would love to, like, I'll make pretend I'm, I'm a, an elected official who is voicing their concerns that the lobbyists kind of gave them on a silver platter. And you can... Refute.
3: Sounds good? Yeah. It's
0: a fun game we like to play here on the show. So (laughs) So, all right, when we when we come back, Valerie, you can do that. But also when when we come back, you can explain the pictures that I'm gonna show while we go to a break. You Mm -hmm. can talk about the tragedy that i'm staring at on my computer uh this is a professionals and animal lovers show it's a serious day i promise i'll try to make you laugh i did a little schoolhouse rock stuff i'll, I'll try to find something maybe a perfect strangers reference or something like that we'll be right back this is the professionals and animal lovers show. are you a business owner do you want to be a business owner do you work with business owners hi i'm stephen fry your small and medium-sized business or smb guy and i'm the host of the new show always friday Educate and empower. That's what it says during the commercial break here on Talk Radio. Dot NYC. And I say, learn, educate, and advocate. And um, a long time ago, I worked in a company, and one of the leaders, you know, got on stage and said, "I'm pissed off for greatness," and I'm pissed off for greatness. But I'm just straight pissed off a little bit too, looking at these pictures. So, um, but I, I am trying to find that that way where we navigate through this and make this a better world. So. Valerie, talk to me. You you sent me these pictures just before the show to share. Um, I, I mean, folks like you and and JP and our friends who know this stuff, you know, you know this what this looks like. But others, tell me what we were looking at.
1: Well, for anyone who's not watching the show or is just you know playing the audio, um, I read recently the most recent horrible one hundred report, which is issued annually by the Humane Society of the United States and these pictures depict exactly what their um investigations reveal okay we're talking about um matted dogs with so much matting sometimes they can't even find their ears they're often they're sometimes what does that
0: what does that mean because i don't
1: matting is when a dog just never gets groomed so imagine my hair i have crazy curly hair right and some of these dogs have longer hair they're poodles or or whatever but no matter what the breed or their hair type they never get groomed so they they become a a giant knot and and it's so bad i read a report specifically said they couldn't you can't even find the dog's ears that's how bad it is that's how filthy they are and knotted up um but that's not even the worst of it you know they found frozen water bowl bowls in the dead of winter so they don't have fresh water and some of the dogs are actually trying to lick the frozen ice um they're often They're often injured with visible wounds and or lacerations. Uh, It's just deplorable, filthy conditions, oftentimes in dark areas. They and I mean, we're talking caked on feces on their cages. Their cages are so small they can barely turn around. Caked on feces. They're stacked on top of each other. They're defecating on top of each other. Then I read, which is new for me. I had never been aware of of a couple of them, but um, there were some uh the the owners of these mills do it yourself vet care okay they're doing procedures they don't have the anesthesia they don't have the skill set and they're just winging it um there's things like shotgun shells found inside of some of these cases um and sometimes these owners when they're done breeding these dogs they shoot them they shoot them i gotta Um, stop
0: you because you know for a couple (sighs) of reasons i i don't want to it's tragic and i really don't want to like I need a break from it, so I want to pause you right there. We'll okay. g- promise I'll let you do more. I but, understand. I but, understand. But and I I want to just ask JP from your perspective, these anecdotal things are they anecdotal or is this what we're seeing across the board in in these mills?
2: Well, let me tell you this: this was our tenth annual horrible hundred report, and we've never had a problem finding one hundred. Of these places to put in, uh, the challenge that our research team has is whittling the list down to 100. And this is just the puppy mills that are licensed by some government agency, whether it's the USDA or a state agency, and and inspected. So we can get the inspection reports. There are others that do not get that sort of license. So these things are they're they're all too common. Mm-hmm. Um, you know valerie mentioned the shotgun shells it's it's extremely common it's it's standard operating procedure for the puppy mills to kill the dogs who are no longer productive breeders there are a few that will give retired breeders to rescues but they're the exception unfortunately um and i wish that they would all do that because it's the least they could do but a lot of them are just so hostile Towards rescue groups and animal protection advocates, that they just don't want to do that.
1: Right. But how disgusting is that that the we're talking about. So these findings are from USDA commercial breeding facilities right. who are licensed and these people are making money off of these hellacious cruelties. That's that to me is so mind-blowing because, you know, as our friends always say, and one of them we were on the phone with earlier, it's like, if you saw your neighbor treating a dog like that you would report them for cruelty
2: well yeah yeah (sighs) and 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 valerie you were mentioning uh that we would play around with some of the uh talking points that the lobbyists for the other side uses and that's that's a main one that's one of the main ones they always emphasize oh no 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 the pet stores they're getting puppies from these usda licensed breeders and they know that most people aren't going to stop and think. Well, what does that actually mean, right, in regards to the treatment of the dog? Now, can we talk about
0: to... that before you guys do this role play thing? Can we just talk about that because Brian Hackett was on the show from the Animal Defense League uh, Fund, and he was on with us a couple months back, and that USDA thing. Uh, I'm this is I am not licensed to say what I'm going to say. That sounds like a bunch of bull. <laughs> like that's <doesn't>, you can. <laughs> Please correct me, but that sounds like shenanigans. That's the technical term, shenanigans.
2: It's a it's a bare minimum regulatory scheme. So under the USDA guidelines, if you have a USDA license to be a commercial dog breeder, you're required to keep a dog in a cage that's at least six inches as long as her body. So that's a that's a incredibly confined. Imagine if you tripled that, okay? you tripled the minimum size. You've still got a dog living in something that's equal to the closet in the worst apartment I ever lived you in. You can't even dog. probably turn around
0: at 16, at 18 inches, if, right? Like if you're a decent sized dog, that dog's not, you know, you're looking forward, the whole, that's it, right? Yeah, Certainly it's, at six.
2: It, it's, it's tiny, it's insignificant. They can just stand on this wire flooring their entire life, uh, which can cause cysts between the toes and, and different deformities to their feet. Let me just interrupt you. That's that checks the USDA. That's okay yeah. for the
0: USDA. So again, we're not talking about the worst of the worst of the worst. We are. They're all bad, but we're talking. These are the ones that the pet store says. This is Tommy talking. It's not JP. It's not Val. I'm getting to my soapbox, and because the, 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 I just watched a video from a a, a store owner in New York City whose argument was where we're going, was this. I get them, no, it's all good because I get them from these USDA breeders. So if you go to a pet shop, you're buying it from this puppy mill pipeline and you're at that final stage of the pipeline at the pet store, that dog that you're buying that's from the air quotes USDA breeder, guess what, has these terrible situations that JP is talking about. Please, JP, continue.
2: That's exactly right. They're bred every heat cycle, that's allowed. There's no limits on how often they can be bred or what age they can be bred under USDA and so they keep breeding them until their bodies wear out and then as we noted they are very often killed now that store that put out all of these videos and, and they have an ad running uh on one of the in one of the political newsletters right now uh they're a slippery uh, a slippery little company they gave one interview where this individual said that he was in orlando florida and he was it was part of his tour to visit all of their breeders Well, they weren't in Orlando to visit breeders. They were in Orlando for a trade show called Global Pet Expo. I've Uh, been to that trade show myself. Uh, And and so it's just, there's so much deception that comes out of these lobbyist mouths that are defending these cruel practices.
1: This is one of the ones that I've gotten uh, through my phone calls, and um, it's just incredibly frustrating okay but let's make pretend i'm the elected official so the rebuttal that i've been given and i'm repeating is um well you know even if i support this bill it's not going to do anything to uh actually address the conditions of the of these puppy mills so in other words in their mind it's like fix fix that you know and then you you're fixing the rest you know what i mean like to them the root of the problem is the conditions of the these usda commercial breeding facilities so what would you say to that
2: new york is a destination state where so many of these puppies are shipped There are currently 66 puppy selling pet stores in the in new york that's over 10 percent of the stores in the united states and so this is a key sales outlet for puppy mills now there's nothing that the new york legislature can do to improve conditions for dogs in Missouri or Arkansas or Indiana or Ohio. That's, that's well outside the uh, jurisdiction
3: mm-hmm. that the
2: New York legislature has authority over. What, But what the New York legislature can do is cut off the market and pinch the profits of these okay. businesses and shift the marketplace towards humane sources. Yes, right.
1: And I wanna say this, because this is also part of the horrible 100 report um but you know they've also found things such as parasites and bird droppings in in the food and water bowls moldy food rodents and feces so let's just use this as an example because this i think is something a consumer any consumer can relate to uh if you're out shopping or running errands and you decide to go into a pizzeria or a restaurant or something, and you see deplorable, disgusting conditions, you see rodents, you see droppings, you see feces. Are you gonna go back to that restaurant? Are you gonna recommend that restaurant? Or, or are you gonna like run for your life and not eat there? So the point is, is that when you cut off demand, that restaurant goes out of business.
2: Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And this is a, a Side note, you mentioned the rodent infestations, one of the most vocal stores that's uh, uh, opposing this bill, not the one that put out those videos that that Tommy saw, but a different one who's worked with the Westchester Business Trade Group, had their own rodent infestation problem they were cited for by the New York uh, Agriculture Department. So it's just uh, rampant problems in this industry.
1: Yes, and you know what, uh, that, that also leads us to a very natural segue, which is something that I don't think we've touched on yet, um, but there's also the dilemma, and it is a horrific uh, occurrence. For There are people, I genuinely believe, they, they believe what they're being told by these pet stores. They're told that they would never purchase or source their animals from puppy mills, et cetera. And a lot of times these puppies uh, arrive; they're sick, they're sickly, and sometimes it's really, really serious. In fact, I believe one uh, last year or two years ago, it was communicable to humans. It was the uh, the Campo. uh, What was it called?
2: Campo It's a, it's a, it's an interesting word. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And a kid died. They brought so they bought a puppy. They bought a puppy home into the house, and a teenager. Died because he contracted the campa. What is it?
2: <laughs> yeah, Campylobacter. It's uh, it. yeah, yeah, i I'd never okay. heard of it before the uh, CDC put out an alert mm-hmm. about the store puppies.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and, and of it, course, that's not common. I don't want to paint the picture like that yeah. happens all the time. But what is common, and if you go on any review site and you type in a pet store that's located in Long Island or Westchester, New York, Manhattan, you're going to see people who say. I bought a puppy from them and and two weeks later it died. Or my, my dog, I had to take it to the mat, vet. It had to have an emergency procedure, this, that, and the other thing. And and you're crushing people's hearts because again, they fall in love with the puppy. They buy it, they bring it home. They believe that the puppy came from a reputable reader, breeder and the puppy is extremely sick. We're talking parvo, kennel cough, distemper, all of these parasites. All of these crazy things that a reputable breeder would not stand for.
0: Right. So the argument is that that because they're in these conditions, the tragic conditions, which don't worry, if you're watching on Facebook, I got more pictures for you. So you'll get to see these tragic conditions. But that that's the reason why, you know, many of these dogs are sick. How could you not be sick when you're in those conditions? We're going to take a quick exactly. break. Right. This mm-hmm. is Professionals and Animal Lovers show. Pals, Val, JP, and Tommy D. We'll be right back. Professionalists and animal lovers show. I won't sing Val. Let's get right back into it. Maybe I'll sing later. So where are we going next, Valerie? Did you want? Well,
1: it's it's hard. (laughs) I know it's hard to see these pictures, but you know this is why it's it's so important to communicate what's happening out there. Um, We didn't even touch on the rape racks. I need to mention that because there's so many people who don't know about it. But uh, oftentimes, I don't know if I should say often common practice is that they will tie down the female to what's known as a rape rack to make sure that she's not going to run away from getting impregnated and there's this is it is it is so over the top abusive and cruel and this is what this is what i'm literally telling people because they would stop dead in their tracks if they ever saw this happening every animal lover would say what the hell are you doing get the hell get away from this i'll take the dog you know what i mean and like it it takes a lot more effort if you see a stray dog or something to pull over your car to try to ascertain if the dog is friendly to get the dog to come into your car to drive it to a vet so it could be scanned for a chip to try to locate the owner we would do that but so many people you know, they need to make one phone call to their legislator and make a world of difference. And speaking of rescues, I need to say this, every single rescue who is overwhelmed and inundated with homeless animals, they need to make these calls especially because this is going to impact long-term uh, them and, and, and the animals more than, you know, the, the, believe me, every effort matters. I would never say don't do rescue, but I'm saying if you're in rescue, this is a great way, um, you know, to reduce the need for all of the rescues that are going on all the time.
2: Absolutely. Oh, God. Absolutely. And right now, uh, rescues and shelters are jam packed. Uh, yeah. There've been years of intake of dogs into the system slowly tricking down and you can raise your rates slowly tricking down. But this year they, they've skyrocketed up probably because during the pandemic, A lot of people went out and bought puppies. A lot of them were puppy mill puppies from these pet stores. Families didn't know, but now a lot of homes are filled. And so I do hope that all of the rescues who are bursting at the seams with animals that they're trying to find placement for will help us stop the flow of more puppies from these mills into New York State by calling their their New York Assembly member and saying, please co-sponsor A4283. That's A 4283 stop the puppy mill pipeline.
1: Please. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Making a few calls, it's, it's really not hard. I was super, super excited. Let me flip to a positive note. Um, I, I, we got the other night on the call, our, our, my stepson, my husband's son, who's a young man, 28 years old, and it's the first time he has participated in something like this and he sent me a screenshot of all the numbers that he dialed when he was done and you know like that is invigorating for me because that's really what we need and once someone realizes how easy it is i think more people will uh get involved so
0: val i want to tell you and and you and i were talking earlier and you know my friend raquel and we know each other from a different part of the world like business world that is you know although aren't everything's connected right but we know each other through business and we were having lunch together, uh, maybe a month ago, and she's like, uh, she's like, "What do you mean animal show? What's that about?" So I started, you know, I said, "Like we got this whole other show, and I do this thing." And she's like, "Get out of here!" She goes, "I want to, I want to be involved. I want to support that." And she is an artist who, uh, who p- paints and draws uh, animals and wants to give back. And we're gonna be talking, but I spoke to her earlier today, and she's just like, "Look, I want to be, want to be involved. What's up with that call night? What do you need me to do?" And and I love it. And I bring right. her up because she's younger than us. And and I think it is about getting the younger people more involved in this, in this work and, um, yes. uh, and, and educating people. And I will tell you when I went downstairs Monday night, left the attic and went downstairs, I was telling my kids that what we were doing up here, making these phone calls because it's important, especially, you know, my one son who we talk about here on the show often who who loves dogs, mm-hmm. you know, he, <laughs> we were away on vacation. The first call night we did, And he goes, you leaving the water park? And I go, yeah, yeah, but I'm going to do the puppy mill call. He goes, do whatever you got to do, dad. Come back when you're done. Like that, you know, at 11 years old, he got it. He He gets it. You know, he gets it. And, you know, I did what I had to do. We made our calls and I was back at the water park, you know? So it was.
1: And not to sound cliche, but they really are the future. And I have a lot of hope for the younger generations, the Gen Xs and millennials. And I find them to be much more socially conscious, I feel like. Maybe it's the internet. I don't know, but. Um, I want to also make this point for myself. Almost five years ago, my my five-year anniversary for getting involved in advocacy really is coming up in July. Five years ago, I didn't know who my local legislators were on any level. I didn't pay attention to politics. I was the person going, no, no, no. I don't want to talk, I don't care. I I don't believe in anybody. That was my famous line. And it took one protest where I saw something that I found I thought was very unjustified, and I went there and I got sucked in by another animal advocate, and and who like I'm a different person now. It has changed my mm-hmm. life, and my only regret is not being involved sooner. So this is why we have to blare the horn. About you you know? Know, two
0: things. About two things. First thing is you know when they say when's the best time to to plant a tree, you know they say
1: like
0: 20 years ago. <laughs> But when's oh, the second yeah. best time okay. to plant a tree today so it's all good right right, right, right. JP? i mean like yeah but i didn't know about this stuff now i do now we're in it so but the other thing i want to do is let's empower we we talk about michael Liebwitz was on the show maybe a month and a half ago and mm-hmm. he said let's reduce the friction so right. let's reduce friction for people to do that so right. i want you to help me share with me the link in the chat so i could share it on facebook so people can find out who the legislator is or yes. call it out right here and i'll try to fumble with it and get it on facebook so how, how do they, or JP, I see you kind of re- ready to say something there too. So maybe you can help us. Where do they go for that?
2: Yeah, we've got a, a, a easy to remember URL, web, website link that people can go to to look up their state legislators. Uh, it's simply humanesociety.org slash state ledge lookup. Very simple humanesociety.org slash state ledge lookup. And there you put in your, your zip code or your address. And it will bring up your member who represents you in the New York Assembly, who represents you in the state Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a different link for federal, but because we're focused on a state bill, uh, I, I think we should focus on the humane org slash state ledge lookup, because that's how people can figure out who the assembly member is. Don't worry about the Senate. The Senate passed this bill already. Landslide mm-hmm. vote, 57 to 5. Most Democrats, most Republicans supported it. Wow. The ball game is not an assembly right now. Mm-hmm. I, like, I like while you're doing this,
0: I want you to make the calls. I want you to figure out who your legislator is. But I want you to check out the Humane Society's website because I can't mm-hmm. imagine the resources out of there, JP. Tell us about some of those resources, too, while while they're at the website. Perfect.
2: Perfect. Well, sure. So we've got uh, all of our priority campaigns listed at humanesociety.org for the puppy mill work. It's humanesociety.org slash puppy mills at that particular site section of the website we've got our research reports we've got our fact sheets we've got an advocate's guide for people who are looking for ways to get involved and be effective we've got videos from undercover investigations so you can see uh, what's happening in the puppy mills you can see also footage from some of the new york stores uh, two in particular that are both closed that we did undercover investigations at but went out of business after they were exposed Were chelsea kennel club and american kennels You see undercover footage of what happens with the puppies behind the scenes in the store. Mm -hmm. Because when they leave the puppy mills, that's not the end of the uh, uh, disadvantages that these puppies have at the first of their lives. I mean, they usually spend about two weeks on average living in a glass display case in the store. Valerie, you mentioned a lot of them are sick. That's true. Mm -hmm. When you have baby animals put into these jam-packed cargo vans and they start off with about 160 puppies in them. Remember, these are baby animals. Immature immune systems, takes about three days to get from the Midwest to New York. If one of them's sick, they're all getting sick because Mm. they're in that closed area with that that limited airflow. Mm. It's dirty because they're not stopping to walk 160 puppies every couple hours. So the waste
0: is just pooling in there. And and not to mention, if they kept them in crappy conditions to begin with, you know, when they throw them in the truck, it ain't getting any better. This is not, you know, this is not your you know, uh, Ozzy Osbourne's concert, you know, bus that drives around the country, man, this is, it's it's only getting worse now. Now we're on wheels, right?
2: Yeah, so Ozzy obviously wants to use his resources for his comfort and have a good, a good tour. The puppy mill owner, uh, they don't want their resources going to the puppy's comfort because that takes away from their profit. And I also
1: need to mention this, I I saw on the, um, so I'm trying to get, I don't want to get too technical, but while I was researching the most recent batch of uh, records, which is located on the New York State Agriculture and Market site, um, I was reading through the certificates that depict the, the states where they're coming from and where they're going to, and seeing cats. It's so mind blowing to me. I know they do rabbits too, but seeing cats being imported from other states, there is such a tremendous overpopulation of yeah. cats here that it's absurd that somebody is importing them from another state. You can go almost on any block in Long Island, New York and find kittens
3: yeah. you know,
1: for free and they need a home and they need to be vetted and people are actually importing them from, from these, these mills. I just, I, I just. So question. Let
0: me ask you a question and maybe it's the rescue's job, but we're going to break in a second, but you just, I got to put it out there cause it's in my head. And I feel like if I don't say it, we'll forget about it. So if there's all these cats and they're available on the street, as you say, right. And they're kittens, they're baby cats. And, and they need a home. Um, you know, I know what some of the folks we talked to with the TNR and, and whatnot, then those animals end up back out on the street after they've been TNR would and but I'm wondering if there's a pipeline there because we're talking pipeline, but is there a pipeline? And yes, I'm sure it's my, the probably easy answer is yeah, Tommy through the shelters, but I'm wondering Val and I'm saying this out there to challenge you and JP and me, not even the necessarily answer now, but to consider, is there some other way to, to do that, to bring those puppy, the excuse me, those kittens in this example to the people that want them as a, as an alternative to them going to the pet store. Well, that's
1: what every rescue is doing. They're inundated, right. right. But here's the point, okay? Like if I'm a pet store, let let me say this, as a business person, make pretend I'm not even an animal lover, I'm just a straight up business person with a business mind, okay? If I own a pet store who sells animals and I'm seeing the writing on the wall because like JP mentioned, 422 local municipalities have passed this legislation. New York would be the sixth state. The momentum is clearly on the side of the animals. I would be the first pet store to switch my business model and say, you know what? I'm going to stock my shelves with pet gear and food and litter and all of these things that every pet owner needs. And I am going to open my doors to the rescues and and, the cat organizations that have, it's kitten season. They're teaming with kittens, begging for fosters. And everyone is going to love me and revere me and patronize my store for a doing the right thing for the animals and b helping all of these homeless animals get into homes. It's a win win for every. It's a win win win. It's a, the animals win, the business owner would win, and the rescues would win.
0: I love it. Let's stop one sec. Let's take a break. But when we come back, don't Dylan, don't take us to break. Dylan, hold on. I got one more thing. I want sec. <laughs> Val, when you do that though, I. Those are strategic alliances, two of my favorite words, maybe overused, but I love those words, right? So I want to know, JP, if we could talk about it when you come back at some precedent in those five other states and how those we've used this word now for two and a half years, overused pivot, but how those stores have had to pivot when it changes and they they, they didn't all go out of business, right? You know, the good ones figured out what my next move is to Valerie's point. So I'm gonna we're gonna take a 90-second break. If you could speak to some of that, just so these New York business owners can go. Oh, there is a way. There is a way through this, you know? So we'll be right back, pals Tommy, Val, and JP. Go ahead, Val. We're back. I was just I'm going to keep the website up for a minute. So okay. go ahead, jump no, in. I was just
1: giggling to myself because I'm just I'm drinking way too much water. I think. Um, yes. Yeah, so to Tommy's question. And um, I wish I had some stats on this at my fingertips. I've looked it up in the past. But um, J.P., can you speak to I believe the yeah. first state was California who enacted this uh, legislation on a statewide level? Um, and then uh, I don't know the order, but I know Illinois has done it, Maryland, I think uh, Maine or Michigan, one of the other Maine. Whatever, Maine. Okay. Yeah. And so what happens? I'm a pet store owner. The legislation passes. I have X amount of months to figure out what I'm going to do. What are those stores experiencing now? So first,
2: the pet industry, and this is according to the recent numbers from one of the trade groups, is about $123 billion Industry right now, $123 billion. And the vast majority of that is coming from the sale of pet products Mm -hmm. and providing pet services like grooming, daycare, walking, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So that's where most of the money is. Yes, a store can jack the prices up on a puppy and gouge a customer and make a lot of money on that day. But the store that doesn't sell puppies but provides a lot of products and services is going to be selling food treats, toys, grooming equipment, beds, leashes, bowls, et cetera, that that dog is going to need for the next, you know, hopefully 12 to 15 years. So that's really where the money in this is. The sale of puppies is um, not even accounted for in the industry's Mm -hmm. data they collect because they acknowledge that most dogs are acquired outside of the retail channel. Mm -hmm. Pet stores are very important for puppy mills, but a lot of families are getting them from rescue shelters or even responsible breeders that have like, you know, just small number of dogs and they can go visit and meet the mother dog and see where she lives. Mm-hmm. So the fact is, is that, you know, if, if you've got a business and you can't take, you can't figure out a way to make money in a $123 billion industry with it, when you've got access to 98% of the pie, because puppies are probably about 2% of the pie, you're, you're probably just not a very good business person.
1: Yeah. I, I totally agree. And what else I want to make the point is, and I, I can't remember if I've said this before, but as someone who is, you know, aware of of um, the unfortunate circumstances, I won't even set foot into a pet store that sells pets. uh you
0: remember, I, Yeah, you uh, remember what Brian Hackett was telling us. Brian Hackett was telling us, like, if you have, let's say, you have a, a sandwich shop in the same strip mall of oh, a puppy right. of a store that sells puppies, like he's like. And this is not his words but this is I, yo i'm not even going into your whole strip mall i'm not even getting a, right. i'm not even right. getting an italian hero at the spot
1: you know this, like which i think is an important i don't know how many people would are, are aware of even where the pet stores are all the time some strip malls are larger than others but i know i could be down i could need a, a leash or a treats or litter i am never setting foot into one of those stores. And I know a lot of people who feel the same way. We're gonna drive the extra mile or five miles to go to a Pet Supplies Plus or a Petco or whatever it is. We will avoid those stores at all costs because we will not support. Listen and to that though,
0: Listen to your words, that's so right on. Like you'll go out of your way mm-hmm. to support somebody who's doing the right thing. So listen up for those folks. Once this does get passed and we need all your support and help, but once this does get passed, these stores are going to have to do something else and good news is you don't have to leave this industry right. i just put 123 billion dollars and the majority of that has nothing to do with selling an animal right I, People, one other thing
1: i have to say because this is super relevant and uh obviously timely but uh recently my husband met uh, a person who used to work in a pet store not own one okay and through their engagement and conversation, this guy basically supported everything that we really suspected, which is that he was trained on what to say and what not to say. It was very uncomfortable for him when he was forced to say, we don't get our dogs from puppy mills. What he knew, that's exactly what they did. They're not transparent. If, they, if someone wants to know exactly where the animal came from prior to selling, their responses we'll give you all of the breeder information after we run your credit card.
3: Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean,
1: it is absurd. I'm thinking to myself, there's more transparency on salad dressing. Like if you yeah. think of whatever food you're gonna buy, everything, it's this is made in China. Well, I don't know if it is, but it, it probably is. But I'm just saying like, There's disclosures everywhere. You can't buy a house without an inspection. A car has to have, you know, the VIN number and the Fox, what's that report, Car Car Fox, whatever. (laughs) whatever. I I, I go crazy because I'm like, how is this legal? It's it's just obscene and it needs to end for everybody, for the benefit of the people who love animals, and especially for the animals.
2: Yeah, it can end. It can end. We just have to get more members of the new york assembly to co-sponsor the puppy mill pipeline bill and, yes. that, and that depends on their constituents the listeners calling their assembly members and saying yes. Please co-sponsor a 4283 so we can get this done and uh there's a different organization uh bailing out benji had a, a slogan i saw they put out if there's puppies in the store walk out the door
1: Yes. yes. Oh, I love it. That's uh, yeah. so simple and I perfect. I love things
2: that rhyme. That's perfect. I do. I
1: do. Oh, and I, and I, also, JP, can you speak to how to get more involved if somebody wants to get more involved with your organization or you know, whatever as an advocate?
2: Yes. Yeah, so we have a robust volunteer program. You, you can find out everything you need to know at humanesociety.org. You can look up our Humane Policy Volunteer Program at humanesociety.org. Also, if you just want to get, you know, that and, and go that way, even if you're a New York resident, but we have state Facebook pages, uh, like you know, if you may say United States, mm-hmm. New York, uh, where you can be in contact with our state director, Brian Shapiro. Uh, he's he's at the state house every day right now trying to get this bill over the finish line. Right. Um, we've we try to make it easy. I mean, we're accessible through our website, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, but reach out. You know, we want everyone involved. This is how we get it done. It can't just be done with professional staff. We, we have to right. we have to all work on this. You,
0: you said something, Val. Let me jump in real quick because you said something earlier before, and I don't want you to miss it. I think there's a double some kind of donation thing going on with the Humane Society today.
2: Giving Tuesday. Yes. yes. Today yes.
1: is two times match.
2: That yeah, that's right. That's right. It's a get on or, or um, Tuesday. But it's a, it's a giving day. Yeah, absolutely. So the giving match, you donate today and that donation is matched by a generous donor who's, who's promised a large sum. They'll be equal to whatever's raised up to a certain point. I mean, if we brought in a trillion dollars, probably wouldn't be able to match that, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, to a reasonable point. Is you know Elon what, Musk? listen,
0: gang, if is you're gonna Elon push to a Musk? trillion, it's all good that it's not gonna be doubled because we just got them a trillion bucks. Right, so we're, we're good then, <laughs> we're good.
2: Then.
1: Yeah. Is it Elon Musk? I have to know.
2: <laughs> uh, well, I wish, I wish, or, or Bezos or, or you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, well right. we will. Uh, we'll,
0: I was going to say Brian. I got Brian Hackett on my mind too. And yeah, he, yeah. He's he's Did you say Brian him.
2: Shapiro? Did you say Brian Shapiro? Brian Shapiro is our state director. Uh, I got all the Brian's. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. a lot of animal, a lot of people working this bill named Brian.
0: They're all, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brian's bill. Yeah. All right, but it's not Brian's bill. It's A forty two eighty
2: three. Correct. Call
1: your legislators. Call your New York oh. Assembly.
0: and call your pals if you need more help we'll figure this out for you jp thanks for being on the show val thanks being you being so awesome thank you all for checking in and supporting our efforts the greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated let's treat our animals better that's from my friend gandhi make it a great day see you later
3: thank you so much